Welcome to the Sound of Movement podcast. Today we've got a very special show where we are going to be talking about the road to developing amazing calisthenics and bodyweight skills, things like handstands, pressing handstands, muscle ups, and also gymnastics level flexibility. Stick around for this one. What's up everyone, it's time to rock. If you're new to the tribe, Rich is behind the mix, Phil's across the table from me. My name's Rad Burmeister and we are Unity Gym, experts are turning driven people into athletes. This episode is brought to you by the Unify Movement System, the only online program effectively balancing strength, flexibility and fitness so you can unleash your inner athlete. Get daily coaching by us plus our epic foundations prep program and revolutionary structural balance blueprint to create your ideal program and optimize your performance. As a valued listener, use the link in the description to get to get your first month free. Also, I'm very excited to announce that today we have launched an epic 72-hour flash sale for all of our masterclasses. We've only done this once or twice before, and it certainly won't be happening for a long time again. This is where you can choose the masterclass that you want and get it at a 50% discount, or if you're a high achiever, you can grab all of our masterclasses uh, and get them for an amazing bundle price. We've got the handstand masterclass, the press to handstand masterclass, the gymnastics rings masterclass, the spine mobility masterclass, the pull-up masterclass, and the flexibility masterclasses. Uh, you can grab a, uh, grab those by clicking the link in the description, or if you uh, want to go over to Facebook and join the UMS Movement Mastermind, there's a link in there. Now, before we get started, warm welcome if you're on the live stream and in the UMS Movement Mastermind Facebook group. Leave a comment and we'll send you some love. Remember that anyone can join and interact. And lastly, shout out to our YouTube athletes catching the replay. Hit the like button to support the channel and subscribe if you like what you see. Okay, joining us today is Phil White from ADPT Physio. How are you, bro? Good, Matt. I think this is a nice follow-on from flexibility and strength because so many people who come into the gym and so many people who are patients of mine are, you know, it's the strength and flexibility are almost a means to an end. So I think it's yeah, yeah awesome to talk about this um, skill development today. Yeah, for Love sure. Yeah. And I think there's going to be some nice carryovers as well. Like most people, if you've listened before, know that I'm, uh, while I like my gym training, I also love like the main thing that really gets me going is sort of you know volleyball and team sports and that kind of thing. So there's some really good takeaways as well for all you people out there who are like me who just want to know how to get better at a skill. So, yeah, yeah, there's for a lot sure. of translation here. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, for me, the strength and flexibility component of training is absolutely a means to an end, so much so that I neglected it for a long time, believing that if all I did was train on the specific things that I wanted to do, like for example, if I just wanted to learn how to do muscle ups, that all I would do is try and do muscle ups. And um, I learned the hard way that that is not the fastest way to get there, that by preparing the body with, you know, raw strength, raw flexibility, and of course, um, fitness, not so much for the calisthenic skills, but just for keeping your body, you know, healthy and, uh, you know, in a, in a lean physique, that that is a massive, massive part of it. But the time comes, where if you want to learn how to do calisthenic skills and get really flexible, then obviously you have to work on those things. And that's what our masterclasses are for. Now, all of the masterclasses that we have, handstand, press to handstand, gymnastics rings, which teaches you a muscle up, spine mobility, mobility masterclass, and I'm forgetting one, pull up masterclass. They were all designed by us after we developed the relevant 
skill ourselves. It started with the flexibility masterclass or the mobility masterclass um, because that was the first thing that I started working on. It was the first thing that I said to myself, right, I'm going to really double down on this and I'm going to get flexible. I'm in my mid to late 30s. I think I was 36 or 37 when I started and I was like, you know, it's time. I'm going to do it. And then after I achieved a a pretty good result by most people's standards, um, I, you know, we put it together in a program and we started selling it online and people absolutely loved it. We have thousands of testimonials from people all around the world that use the exact same process to get um, really flexible and strong at the same time um, in their adult lives. It's a, it was a, it was a pretty cool, pretty cool thing to do. And I think that's personally, I mean, I'm biased, of course, because I'm the person that wrote the programs with Yanni and Richard. Um, But I think that they are better than a lot of other programs that I've seen to do the same thing, because a lot of the skills, when I see people write flexibility programs or gymnastics skills programs, it's often from people that are way better than I am, that learned how to do those things when they were much younger. And unfortunately, the the adult body, um, you know, speaking from experience, late 30s, early 40s, you just don't respond the same way to training as people do when they're younger. And when I've seen people that are just phenomenal, like um, childhood athletes, that when they describe their process, I'm like, man, that doesn't work for adults. It's not, um, you know, an adult body needs a different way of approaching it. Yeah, and even just that, like the understand, some people just take things for granted. If you've been doing it forever, you you just take it for granted what you're doing. And I've really noticed this when, um, in my journey of getting really into beach volleyball over the last couple of years, we've had a few coaches who are, um, you know, they're uh, ex-professional or, or current professionals at volleyballers who just, you know, they learnt when they were tiny mm-hmm. and it like the movement's so natural and they just like don't get it why you can't do it. And yeah. so I found often the best coaches um, were the ones who'd learned a bit more recently. And, and after I sort of graduated through all the classes at my beach volleyball school, um, they asked me if I wanted to come back and be a, a coach for the sort of t- like the bottom three levels because you know i had gone through that experience of knowing what it's like to not know how to do the thing and then um figured out those little nuances and little um the things you need to focus on to get better at it whereas for people who've been um doing it for their whole lives they just yeah. don't don't know what they don't know <laughs> yeah yeah i believe that the best coaches are the people that are only a few steps ahead of in the journey from where you are now there's exceptions of course there's exceptions but my personal experience, I've worked with um, probably the person that was the, the, the most ahead of me that I worked with was my Kung Fu coach, um, the, the Sifu they call it in, uh, in Chinese. And he was so good, which is why I ended up training with him for over a decade. He was phenomenal and he'd been doing Kung Fu since he was four years old and um, he was 12 years older than me. So at the time that I was started training with him, he'd already been training for 25 or 26 years. and the way that when he when I used to ask him how do I get better at it, the answer was most of the time just do more of it. Just just keep doing it. Don't worry about how you get better at it. Just do more of it. And at the time, I just took it with a grain of salt. But I've learned that it's not the best way to coach people. You really do need to um, analyze what's going on with your students and break it down for them. And and that's absolutely what we did with the with the skills that we did like like when i think of the press to handstand the press to handstand for me out of everything that i can do it's my proudest achievement and it's my proudest achievement because i was the furthest from it when i started when i tried to do a press to handstand and i was explained what is required from it and 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 
my greatest coach for a Preston handstand was my friend um, Aaron McKenzie, who if you want to look him up on uh, Instagram, he's Origin of Energy. Very good friend of mine. We went to high school together and moved out of home uh, when we were 19 together. And um, he learned he was learning gymnastics strength um, through our 20s when I was doing martial arts. So when it came to wanting to learn gymnastics skills, he was the first person that I went to. And when he explained to me what you needed to be able to do and the basic gist of how to do it, I, I just couldn't even come close to it. I mean, you've had that experience because I've taken you out on yep. the gym floor and done some Preston Hanston stuff. We did that as a little bit of a laugh for some of our yep, YouTube videos good. a while ago. Yeah, worth looking up if you want to laugh at me. Yeah, and that feeling of it, uh, it's the compression strength, right? Like yeah. the um, when you try and do compression strength, which is where you basically put your hands on the ground and with your legs straight, you try to lift your legs off the ground. So you're trying to contract the um, hip flexors when they're sh already shortened, when they're right at the end of their range. And it's... Doing that, it was like, I didn't even, like, I knew what you were saying, but, like, I just didn't, there was, like, there was no connection yeah, between, no like, pathway yeah, it, like, <laughs> and all you get is cramps, yeah. cramp city. Yeah, and I, when, when I, when I was learning the Preston handstand, I got very, very little coaching because Aaron's not a coach of mine. He's a friend of mine. And I only get, you know, back then I was seeing him, you know, only a couple of times a year because we live on other sides of the city. And so he'd just say to me knowing what my experience was he'd just give me the roundabout like oh you just got to get stronger at this but i didn't have a process in place so i just worked 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 and worked hard on it and when i finally did get the press to handstand yanni and i were able to look at the other coaches that we'd worked at that helped contribute to us getting um getting them uh and then we created this process that we were then able to rep, uh, reproduce the results with our members with and it it works really well because it's, um, you know, when you're a coach like me, I understand the basic principles of progressive overload and programming and periodization and all these things. And I think that's where a lot of, um, I think a lot of gymnastics coaches and a lot of um, calisthenics coaches don't have that background and they don't understand how to write an effective program. And, and, uh, and I can definitely say that I think that's what sets our masterclasses uh, uh, aside from the rest. Definitely. And um, what I really like is the fact that it is so modular with the overall program as in like when you're doing this, it's 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 trying to fit in with the rest of the UMS because when it comes to learning skills, especially especially in something like gymnastics or calisthenics, it's going to be a component of, as we said at the beginning, you're going to need a certain fundamental amount of you know raw strength for the movement. You're going to have a certain amount of flexibility for the movement, but then there is that um, skill element. So often if you do go and just chase the skill element and neglect the raw strength or the raw flexibility you need for it, um, you're going to get nowhere. And that's definitely the, you know, the mistake you were talking about you've made in the past. But um, yeah, and the kind of other thing with learning a new skill is there's so much cognitive demand when you're learning a new skill is because you like, as I said, with the press to handstand, you're trying to think about, um, you know, doing something that your body just hasn't done before. So there's no kind of neural connection there. And I found this in a big way with, um, uh, with beach volleyball, trying to teach myself how to do a jump serve. Like the first couple of times I did it, you'd think about one cue and then you'd, you know, like you'd try it. And then, um, you know, I've had a few times where it's like you'd throw the ball up and you're so focusing so much on the throw that you kind of forget the jump and the ball just like yeah, lands yeah, you on, yeah, yeah. on the head because you're like too busy trying to think about like <laughs> all the different parts. And so it's all about um, getting that sort of frequency so that you can start to automate processes and, um, yeah, be able to focus on the right stuff. And I think that with the way that the 
masterclasses fit into the UMS program, you're learning lots of, you're practicing and you're drilling lots of relevant skills, strength and, and flexibility in the regular program. So you're getting that frequency up and you're doing it in a less cognitively demanding state, but then you're also getting that ability to then do these more skill element stuff. So it's a, it's fascinating when you think about the way the body works like that, isn't it? Like I'm visualizing the beach volleyball, um, <laughs> the professional beach volleyball players and the way that they make that surf just look so effortless. And just even jumping will, on will, sand is, uh, is hard enough. I'd you know? love, I wish I'd like filmed my journey. Cause when I was in Western Australia in 43 degree heat, nothing to do, no one to play volleyball against. So I just taught myself how to do this in a, like uh, this jump seven, a squash court. I wish I'd just like set up a little camera on the wall and then just <laughs> filmed this like journey of fails because I <laughs> failed so many times and took it out onto the beach and then failed even more. And it's just been so funny to like mm -hmm. how badly I what like they've done it. But then over the time, like, it's got to the point where I got quite consistent and then it was really interesting trying to do it in actual games where there's a bit more pressure and then it all went to shit again because it's just like you've got that cognitive demand of of stress and like expectation and um, like other people, not just you by yourself on a squash court. Mm -hmm. So that's with the skill element where it gets so interesting is because you've got to like be able to perform these skills in a certain context and often mm -hmm. when you're starting out, you might be able to do it under very controlled environments but then if, you got, if you're trying to do it, you know, while you're and press someone out on the, you know, on, at the park with all your mates. Like that is something you have to take into account. So by really progressively building up a skill and not just hammering away and just trying to, like, I don't know, muscle your way through it. Yeah. You you build up that ability to automate processes so that you can get more flexibility about how you mm -hmm. do it. Which is, you know, the whole um, really ties in with the the topic today. The the title of this show, which is that. What I've found works really well is to pick one skill, maybe two max, that you really double down on until you nail it. And then you can move on to the next thing. And I think where a lot of people go wrong is that they, I mean, one of our superstar members here, um, Dani, who just did uh, the one arm pull up um, recently. And, and when he started with us several months ago, he couldn't do one arm pull up. So I, I gave him a little bit of coaching on him uh, to get it there. And I was, was speaking to him just the other day uh, and he came up and asked me, he said, look, I want to do a human flag now and I want to do this and I want to do that. And they're all really, really good goals. But my he's advice- He's also training was, for triathlons. He's, he's also, also training <laughs> for triathlon. Yeah, he's the he's a beast. highest achiever. <laughs> but my advice to him was, I said, Dani, you're choosing too much at once. You need to figure out what it is that you want to do more than anything and then we build your training around that and for somebody like you i don't recommend more than two skills at once at maximum and he said oh really and he understood it he understood why um and something that he definitely has as a strength is that he uh he listens to so coachable yeah he's very coachable he's a really really good guy um i mean so coachable that he when he came to when he had a slight niggling injury i said go and see phil straight away and he just came straight in and he sees you quite regularly now yeah no he? seeing both unless and i to like yep. program because he's like trying to figure out how to do it all at once yeah, and he wants yeah, to make sure yeah. he doesn't <laughs> injure himself in the process yeah. so yeah he's, he's a beast he's but amazing. the um you know the the reason why that and, and Danny is the kind of guy that trains like two or three times a day. So you got to ask yourself, how often are you going to train a day? Because when I was working on a press to handstand, there was a couple of other things that I had in the in my mind of like, okay, you know, one day I want to be able to do this. And so there were things that I was doing that would take me a step closer towards that. But I certainly wasn't focusing on them. The focus was on the press to handstand. And it changes the way that you train because it allows you to... 
um, more easily decide what you're going to do each day when you like if you if you follow the UMS and the way that we recommend it you do your press to handstand on either Wednesday or Saturday or both days because they're our straight arm strength days um, and then everything else sort of gets built around it but if you then also start saying okay I want to learn how to do a muscle up at the same time and I also want to learn how to do a flag and I want to learn how to do a back bridge you really start blurring the lines of how, how do you prioritize any of that and it all and when you don't prioritize anything then everything just gets watered down in the way you do it yeah and looking at it like physiologically and and kind of scientifically why that won't work is one is going to be about just like as we talked about yesterday with strength is that you're going to have um with these sort of strength skills like you're going to be putting a certain amount of um you know stress on the body a certain amount of load that will impact you know how you can really peak on some days and recover on others. And if you're trying to go for like lots of frequency, then you're going to be basically diluting your your strength and potentially causing overload injuries because you're not giving yourself adequate recovery. But the second thing, which is really specific, um, which is like specifically about skills, is that the frequency really matters. And if um, so basically the like, study is looking at if you um, do a whole block of um, training, like uh, uh, the equivalent amount of time all at once or spread out over... Um, you know, over the week, and basically, like, although you you know you might feel like you get lots of um, improvement by the end of a really long session, if you don't then follow it up, for, like, um, quite soon with another like reinforcing sort of attempt at those skills, then you actually um, like hinder your process. Whereas mm-hmm. if you can do that same amount of time but spread out over the week, those little bits give your your brain a chance to sort of make those connections, and that frequency is one of the most powerful things you can do for skill development so if you're thinking about trying to um achieve you know six different skills at once then you're basically you're going to have like a week in between Mm -hmm. each of those things and you won't get that development and so the best way you can do it is sort of you know do one and then and then move on like really build up that um make some progress with that skill and then um move on to the next one after you've, you've made a certain competency and often it can be like hitting your head against a brick wall with one skill for a long period of time can really actually be quite inefficient because you kind of get to this point where you sort of stop getting anywhere and often going away from that skill and then coming back a bit later um, with a sort of refreshed brain, you've kind of had time to like percolate on it and sort of figure it out. So doing something like working on your press to handstand for a good solid like six week block, but then doing a bit of time where you you change your your focus up and maybe work on the, the muscle up skill. And then when you come back after six weeks and then go back to your press to handstand, you often find that you do um, improve more than you'd expect, even though you haven't really touched it in a long time, that like the brain when learning new skills really does kind of need this processing time. So you want to have like periods of frequency and then a bit of time off and then come back to it. So I really like that idea of sort of cycling between the different skills and um, but giving yourself enough time on them to really make some benefits. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the beautiful thing about it is that you once you nail one of these skills you don't need to work nearly as hard to maintain it like i was talking to phil about this just before the show the press to handstand i put so much work into doing it you know at first it was all it was just about doing these basic drills daily to try and build up compression strength and and a, a baseline level of flexibility and end range strength which is really important for the press to handstand but then once I could feel that I was getting closer to it I started creating workouts that were around that and I just used the basic programming principles that I understand which is to take 72 hours break between each workout so I would um, only do it on Wednesday and Saturday um, 
And uh, and again, the reason why I did it on those days is because it's a straight arm strength skill and that's when we do straight arm strength training. And I worked hard for it. Like the workouts that I did went for, I don't know, maybe 45 minutes or so. They looked awful. They <laughs> are so brutal, aren't they? I mean, you had a taste of it just by doing like yeah. one set of the exercises. And then I just watched you while I was having a nice time at the gym and, you know, doing my own training and then watching you like, nah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because you were training here when I was working yeah, yeah. on the press handstand, weren't you? Yeah. And I don't, um, I haven't trained the press to handstand, meaning that I haven't done workouts for the press to handstand for years now. Like it, uh, it would be at least a year and a half, maybe. I'd say more like two years, to be honest. But I can still do it. So if I go out on the gym floor and do literally a thirty or sixty second forward fold stretch just to warm up my um, posterior chain and allow me to, you know, access that end range, I can do a press to handstand. And if you really think about that, that is pretty amazing because only five years ago or four years ago I couldn't do one at all. Like I, like it just wasn't was impossible for me. And then to be able to get it and then maintain it without doing any of the work is very, very cool. So even though we're telling you about all this work that you have to do and that you should only choose one skill and work on it, it's because if you if you make the decision that you want to get a skill, in my opinion, you want to get it as quickly as possible. Like what's going to be more valuable for you if you say, I'm going to get all these five skills and I'm going to get them in um, three years. And in three years, I'm going to be able to do all five of them. But for the three years leading up to it, you can't do any of them. Would it be more valuable for you if you said, I'm going to do this one skill, but I'm going to get it in six months. And then six months later, I'm going to get the next one. So that it takes you the same amount of time to get the five skills, but every six months you can do one of them and you can really do it. That's a much more um, satisfying journey in my opinion. Yeah. An analogy I've heard of, like that applies to this in the kind of neuroplasticity space, which I think is, is you know, perfect for the sort of skill development is basically like, if you think about how a river is formed, if you just like, if that, if like a plane gets absolutely flooded with water, then, you know, it will, the, it will flood and then they'll, you know, it will go back to being a plane. Whereas if, you know, if a creek starts with like a bit of a trickle and then it gets more water and it keeps constantly gets more water, that will carve the kind of foundations of the actual structure of a river. And so basically like that river is the skill that you're trying to develop. And so you've basically carved out that bit of land so that when water comes back to it, like that river will flow in the same direction. But if you just go from like floodplain to like mm -hmm. to dry to floodplain to dry, mm -hmm. you're not actually carving in those like that neuroplasticity that that learning of a skill in a way that your brain can really hold on to so that that's that idea that we just want to have that like you know and feed it enough that you're you know giving that skill but you're not just going boom and bust and doing absolutely like you know trying to do too much at once so if you're trying to learn mm -hmm. like five skills at once you're just flooding the plane whereas yeah. we want to like build the river yeah. <laughs> and then take the water and build another river so yeah. and then you'll you'll have that long-term ability to access it again yeah so that's a little analogy for yeah yeah analogies. yeah i love the analogies now look anyone that's listening to this i want to wrap this up we we haven't done a flash sale like this where we offer all of our master classes uh, where you can just choose them. Usually when we put one of our programs on uh, at a discounted rate, it, it's just one program. Um, we're doing it because it's my birthday this month. So Yanni and I were talking yesterday. Um, we haven't been doing any of these sales for a while and people always email us and say, when's this program gonna go on sale again? And we thought, look, it's Rad's birthday, so let's do a couple of flash sales this month. So jump on and grab it because you won't have the opportunity to choose your own masterclass until the end of the year again around Christmas. Um, and of course, as always, if you get the program and you don't like it for any reason, we will refund your money, no questions asked within the first 30 days. So you've got nothing to lose. You can grab it, try it. If you don't like it, let us know and we'll, uh, we'll refund you. 
Um, thanks for tuning in, everyone. I hope you got something out of that. These, uh, these skills are a lot of fun to develop. And um, if you do it the right way and you listen to the advice that we uh, gave in this show, then you're going to uh, probably take a hell of a lot less time than it took me. Uh, to get a press to handstand. Yeah. And I really hope you do, like, with these takeaways, like, just think it does apply definitely to the master, what we talked about at the master classes, but think about it with also your, um, you know, any other skill that you're developing. Like, you want to hopefully have these principles that you can apply. So awesome. Thanks, guys. Have a good day. Bye bye. Health is about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept what you're going to have to do to get there. We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, it's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that far. It's the consistency and frequency that's going to get you there. It's not the intensity. There's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. It's the gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.